countdown to the last comic shop in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Hey, hey, it is now time for more of the last comic shop. That's right. We are opening up the long boxes, dusting off those back issues and welcoming newbies into the comic book tent. And we keep the lights on in the shop for the oldies that are digging deep into those boxes, trying to find that cool stuff that you might not see everywhere just yet. Ah, that's very true. And we're hoping that we introduce a lot of Last Comic Shop fans to a tremendous comic book talent that we have had the pleasure to meet uh, over the, the course of doing this show. First, I'm the host with the most, Andy Larson. I'm joined by Chad Smith and J.A. Scott. But we'd love to introduce to this week's guest host. As you know, all through the month of September, we're having comic book creators come on. They're our guest hosts for the day. They, we've given them the keys to the kingdom and they can run wild. And today it's Alan Dunford! Yay! The fools you are. Uh, <laughs> look, you don't get the Kermit treatment for everybody. Like, that's for the, 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 the most lovable of all of our yes, last well, comic shop guests. Yes. But Alan, thank you so much for joining us on The Last Comic Shop. And for those folks that might not know your work, uh, we had an opportunity to get to know you through uh, the series uh, Pocus Hocus, and, and and we've had a great time just talking with you, helping you support those Kickstarters. Now you're moved to Sor- SourcePoint Press, which we're really, really excited about. But yeah, uh, how did you get started in the comic book uh, trade here? Man, uh, I, I hate to give this answer because there's no good story to it. Um, I, I, I think like a lot of people, COVID hit and they're like, well, what am I going to do now? <laughs> and then uh, I reached out to my co-writer, Will, who's also a really good friend of mine. We both live in the same town. We went to high school together. I just reached out to him and said, hey, Will, I have this idea for a comic book. Do you want to write a comic book? And he said, sure, I'm free on Friday. Okay, cool. So then we met up and we wrote Pocus Hocus, and then now I'm here. <laughs> nice, the journey was begun. Yeah, then that's it, man. Um, it's it's funny though because it, I think it was uh, almost exactly this time last year uh, we finished Pocus Hocus one. Like uh, last page was drawn, inked, collared, uh, lettered, and then printed. Yeah. So this has been a very fast paced year. It it definitely has because now you're up to issue four. As I said, you're mm-hmm. now with Source Point Press. You potentially have some other series on the horizon. It's just so it's been a whirlwind in essence. Like you're a hot young talent, and people <laughs> have seen what you can do. And now, like I, the sky's the limit, right, buddy? Oh man, it's um, it's it's pretty surreal. Right. And, and still getting used to all of this is still nuts because uh, I don't feel like I'm, I'm doing anything. You know, uh, I think we're just trying to create books that are just fun and we're just keeping our noses down to the grindstone and just trying to get as many just fun, cool, creative ideas and concepts out as possible. And it's really intriguing for me that Pocus Hocus is one of your first works just because it seems really polished. Like oh, you guys you. do so well going back and forth between the magic elements and then the demons and then setting those worlds, you know, what makes them different and then whatever they collide. Like, it's just absolutely awesome. And it's, uh, you know, you're doing the work of a much more seasoned uh, comic team on this book here. Well, yeah, I, I really appreciate that. And, um, you know, I think Will would agree with me. All the credits definitely to our, our seasoned team. Brian Belando, who's our artist on this, 
Jason Smith, who does the callers, and Dave Lentz, who's letter and designer, and really at the beginning, project manager, keeping us on track and making sure we're, we're making the right decisions. Yeah, no, I mean, like there are times where characters are in black and white, and other characters are in the same panel or full color, and other characters are bleeding in, and there's all mm-hmm. this stuff going on. It's a lot to juggle, but man, it's everything is clear. Everything is just, it's tons of fun. Well, I'm, I'm happy that that reads well, because we are our own worst critics. And I feel like we're tackling a subject, too, that is objectively hard. Uh, some people would probably say it's easy because it's just so natural to them. Uh, but humor is always, it's so subjective. And oh, yeah. we wrote a book that's a dark comedy, fantasy, action, horror. Like there's a lot of elements into it, but at its core, it's a, it's a dark comedy. It's supposed to make you laugh at uncomfortable situations or just at how bad a situation can be for a character and all you can do is just laugh, right? Well, for those people that might not have checked out the series Pocus Hocus yet, why don't you give us a, a real quick 10 cent synopsis, maybe even a five cent synopsis. What happens in the series? Yeah, for those of you who haven't checked it out yet, you're amongst the billions of people who haven't. Um, so you are definitely in good company. <laughs> uh, there will but, still be opportunities, though. Don't. <laughs> yeah, so Pocus Hocus is, in short, it's about a magician who sells his soul to a demon to have actual magical powers, just to kind of bypass the actual learning process and how these typical Faustian tales happen. Uh, it's not all it's cracked up to be. And then now the demon comes back and is demanding a favor from Pocus. And that leads our whole story going forward and our journey into hell. It's kind of like, I made you an offer. You couldn't refuse. Now, yeah. now, you yeah, now you're indebted to me. I made you. I made you what you are. You're part of the family now. It's, it is truly like that. I mean, that, those first couple issues with that, that demon, they're hilarious. Just because that gangster-esque tropes in there. Like, you can tell like the, even the demon's kind of a screw-up. Like, he's yeah. not really... <laughs> yeah, he's kind of like, con artist. Yeah, this guy's kind of sketchy. That's the fact that he can boss around Pocus... Yeah. Again, it's like there's always somebody lower on the on the totem pole that you can, <laughs> yep. you know, shit runs downhill yep. and all that. So and we really wanted to play with the idea of uh, souls having more value, uh, especially in hell. Not even so much just what what's the worth of a soul. It's also currency there. So that's how we raised the stakes a little bit with uh, what was kind of at play. So you you mentioned you know it's not just you and your writing partner. It's this whole team. I was interested. How did you find everybody? Because I know you guys are a little bit geographically dispersed and yep. and also a, a diverse team, which comes into some of your writing. You were saying earlier, which I found very interesting. So if you could elaborate a bit on that. Yeah. So uh, Will and I first went to Match dot com, and then we realized that we were on the wrong website. <laughs> so, <laughs> so then we we quickly After you got dates. Yeah. Yeah. So then we were like. The pe- we asked people to send us their work, and it wasn't what you expected. <laughs> so we got in touch with a buddy of ours, uh, Mike Tiener, over at Bad Bug. And he's made comics for a little bit now. He's very creative. He knows a wide variety of people and artists. And we gave him the script, and he checked it out. And it, it was it was just kind of it from there. He gave us a handful of illustrators, some colorists, and only one letter. <laughs> so... Luckily, the letter that he gave us, it it wasn't one of those, well, what else are we going to do? It was a thank God for Dave. Because without him, we (laughs) we definitely would not be here right now. That's 100% fact. And Brian's work, looking at it, it was so cool because of how unique it was. It looks like Del Toro with a lot of the characters that he makes. He loves Hellboy. And we just figured that that was kind of perfect, especially for this Victorian world that we were trying to create. 
And Jason, I was a fan of his before I even knew it because I've seen some of the work that Mike has put out. And Jason did some coloring work for him too. J- Jason knows how to capture the mood and he knows how to tell the story with the coloring, which is what we wanted, especially having black and white elements and color elements also when we need to show, don't tell. Nice. Heck yeah. You've got the team to do that. I'd, as you're talking about the letter, I'm looking through and like, there are so many variations, whether it's, you know, people being drunk or the demons or what, whatever's going on with that Butler guy. Like <laughs> your, your letter is pulling a heavy load there. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, the colors, I remember uh, just going back and how vivid some of the colors are and it, it really is doing a lot of work too. So it sounds like you've got yourself a really solid team. Yeah. Now, yeah it- I know uh, going to be a four issue thing. Any plans for anything beyond that that you're ready to talk about? Pocus Hocus, originally it was going to be set up to be six issues, but the story has grown so much and we're having so much fun doing it that we we don't think six issues was enough to really tell it. So we condensed the first arc down to four issues. So hold on, wait, let me, so it was growing so big, you cut it in two thirds. Yes. (laughs) All right. This is how math works in West Virginia. Yeah, this is how math works. Science, right? (laughs) So, so yeah, we we cut it down to to four issues to make it the the palatable size. And then because going forward, uh, our next arc is going to be three to four issues. Ah. And we have, yeah. And we have plans after that too. We didn't want to make it to where uh, we're releasing a Kickstarter. That's like Pocus one dash seven. It feels clunky, and I feel like that number can sometimes be intimidating for for people to really want to jump into it. It's like, well, seven issues, my God, I don't want to spend all that money to catch back up. Yeah, so we're treating issue four like the end of season one of a show. And I I mean, that's that's modern comic book storytelling. You always have to have those jump on and jump off points. You know, if somebody missed the first four issues, they can hop on right there, and you're like, this is a... A brand new arc, but technically it's a part of the old arc. Yeah, whatever. But yeah. So what I'm hearing about this, these three to four issue series arcs is trade paperback one, trade paperback two, trade paperback three, and then very much looking forward to the Kickstarter Omnibus edition. Yeah. Kickstarter yeah, so, Omnibus. Is that on the horizon? Um, yeah, that, that's kind of a dream. Right. To, to say that, to say for real, to, to say that you put out this much work that I have to have one massive book that everyone can enjoy for a, uh, how, how do retailers like to word it for a premium price? Right. <laughs> right. Well, every comic book creator I know eventually wants a very large, heavy book that they can beat off burglars with. Yeah, I'm tired of empty threats with my burglars. You know that? (laughs) Yeah, I'm tired of burglars coming in here. I'd be like, you come back here in three years. And I'm going to have right. this giant comic book. You're not going to know what happened. <laughs> it's, they come in, you're like, wait, wait, wait. Giant comic book. Right. Give me some time. I'm just finishing up issue four. Yeah, it's only been a year. God. <laughs> Is Brian going to continue to do the artwork for you? I know. Oh, that you- yeah, Brian. And I don't know why, but he keeps saying yes to all <laughs> these dumb projects that we have to do. You know, there, there's a lot of stuff that I'm ready to talk about here coming up and then uh, some stuff that we're still keeping on the back burner. But Brian is uh, signed on for all of it because he's a fool. Um, <laughs> but, you know, so the culture that we try to Im- you know, improve with this uh, series so much, we get to make up our own and also bring in other influences. So with Brian being from the Philippines, he speaks Tagalog. And one of the characters in issue four actually speaks Tagalog, but we don't do the translation because we try to use context clues inside of the sentences, which we thought was really fun to do. And then as far as uh, Will and I, we're from West Virginia, so we're just Hicks. And um, (laughs) Dave's from Pennsylvania. 
so that means he likes The Office, I guess, because it's just the closest <laughs> friend. There you go. And I can't. I think Jason lives in Indiana. I don't know anything about it. I think that's Wendy there. I don't know. <laughs> but um, but yeah, the, this whole team, man, they, they're just fantastic. But the team being this fantastic, we want to keep all of them together, which is why we kept everyone from the Pocus team and moved to Grandma Chainsaw. Yeah. yeah. Now, Grandma Chainsaw, it's like it sounds... It does what it says on the label, right? <laughs> yeah. An octogenarian, yeah. she's got trees. Yeah, slasher of elderly proportions, right? I, I mean, I went uh, to the ash can. It was what it delivered. I mean, yeah. it, what else are you going to say? Yeah. Like, I, although it, it, for those horror fans out there, it's got some those awesome classic horror tropes just from what, listen, reading the ash can. I mean, again, the car breaks down in front of the old yeah. house. Uh, they don't know where they are. They, yeah, and that was that was map. something we talked about too. Um, obviously, we never want to reinvent the wheel. We just want to drive the car the way that we want to drive it. Yes. Um, so this is our kind of like our love letter to Evil Dead, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, those campy horror movies in this vein. And it it's been so much fun to write. And I can tell you this now: this series goes in a direction that no one is going to see coming or expect. And we are so excited. But there's Even, enough plastic on the furniture that it's not going to yes, make a mess. Right, right. There, that's all it is. It's just a plastic monster. <laughs> Some doilies <laughs> might get messed it. up, yeah. but, yeah. you know. And, and that's the thing, like, with this concept, it's it's so wild and so dumb and just so out there. But it, it makes sense and it strikes interest, right? Just the name alone, Grandma Chainsaw. Serial killer grandma with a chainsaw. Like, <laughs> buckle up, I'm in. That's okay. it. Wild and dumb, you're speaking our language. Yep. <laughs> Even tag along in J.A.'s case. So, the other Ashcan that's offered on here uh, is Horse in Hell. Yes. And, yeah, this one is drawn by Kit Wallace. He does a ton of work for Source Point Press. Most notably, uh, Little Red Ronin that's coming right. out. Good Boy. And then Mr. Easter that's coming out. He's a machine. And he's done a variant cover for each issue of Pocus. And we actually have a separate kit tier uh, just because we love his art so much. And he's been with us since day one. Like, I think this one's called the whole kit and caboodle. So I try to play on the pun of it because I'm the most hilarious person anyone's ever met. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we have that. And then we actually offer all of his covers as medals. And we're really excited for those, too. But, yeah, Kit, he... he loves the Horace character. Yeah. And he's, he mentioned that he had loved to draw some pages of Horace. So then Will and I got together and we delivered eight pages for a little ash can that um, we do have some plans of bringing to a uh, full series. Oh, that is awesome. Mm-hmm. And his art style is so fun. So manic does have whispers of uh, a Scotty young. And I even saw like a hint of a Daniel Warren Johnson panel or two in here with that mm-hmm. manic energy. And, uh, and, and some of the things I'm looking at it, they harken back to the old school Sunday comic strips. And so that's just fun art to see. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I say give me more because yeah. honestly, there's a panel in which, you know, a giant fist comes down from the sky and smashes yeah. an angel. And <laughs> I, 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 you know, Spoilers. I, we're, we're going to eventually get into your repile uh, review for this week. And you did pick a Scotty Young book, mm-hmm. but I'm glad yes, Chad brought it up because that's the first thing I saw when I saw that art is that manic scotty young type energy which is yeah. great like and it fits that particular story to a yeah. t so kudos for everybody involved with that project and i am hungry mm-hmm. to see more so well, well don't worry we, we got plenty down the pipeline nice nice because honestly I, I it might become more of a favorite to me than even pocus hocus you never i love that rabbit 
I love. Yeah. It's it's <laughs> funny man. because whenever we talk about Horace, um, originally it was the character we spent the least amount of time on. And I feel like he's kind of like our Groot, right? And people are like, yes! Yeah! <laughs> Everyone's flipping tables, getting pumped for it. Right! Uh, yeah, and, but obviously Horace has become just a, a huge favorite of ours as well. And it's been so fun to develop and see, see Horace naturally come to life as we're writing. Because Horace wasn't something we planned. Uh, Horace just actually kind of came about because of kids' drawings. Yeah, and we, we saw what he, awesome. did with, yeah, what he did with the covers and stuff. And it's like, yeah, people really seem to really respond. Let's let's just throw it in here, and then we were able to develop it more and more and more. And then we're we're at this point now where we're telling stories. Yeah, get a get Horace a T-shirt that says "Breakout Character." Yeah, there you it's go. It's gonna happen. Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll be right back with more of the last comic shop right after these commercial breaks. Alan's gonna join us for again, as I mentioned, a read pile review. It's his pick this week. You're in bed, drifting off, and suddenly think... Who would win in a tug-of-war match between Superboy and Merlin? Did Marvel ever try to make a long-haul trucker into a superhero? How would it work out if I named my dog after a D-list supervillain? The answers in order are Merlin... Yes. ...and Amazing. I'm Jessica. And I'm Mike. And we host the podcast Ten Cent Takes, a show that looks at weird, silly, and cool moments from comics and how they're woven into the larger fabric of history. Moments like the time Superman shilled for Radio Shack. When Archie got tempted by the devil. Oh, and then there was that time that DC Comics gave a superhero AIDS in an effort to be topical. It's always weird around here, but we'd like to think it's also interesting. So come with us and commit random acts of pop culture archaeology, one issue at a time. If you'd like to learn more, head over to TenCentTakes.com. All right, we're back with more of The Last Comic Shop, and it is now time for our Read Pile Review. Yes, that time on every single show where a lot of people tune out. We're hoping you don't, <laughs> because we've got Alan uh, on today's show, and he's nice enough. So you should at least listen to him and his uh, yeah. I mean, he Yeah, listen to my sultry voice, right? He's it's taking like, time out of his busy schedule. So we're hoping that you enjoy his pick, which is I Hate Fairyland, the first five issues. Chad, can you give us uh, who created this and a little bit of background about this series? <laughs> I'll tell you that is written and drawn by one Scotty Young, with coloring by Jean-Francois Bellieu. Uh, Nate Picos does the letters, and it was edited by Kent Baggenschutz. <laughs> <laughs> can we get that one more time? That's such a great name. Schutz. To get that on a t-shirt swear to god yeah it came out from image and uh quickly the 10 cent synopsis alan what happens in the first five issues of i hate fairyland yeah so uh, i hate fairyland uh, at its core it's a pretty simple story right uh it's about this girl named gertrude who gets sucked down into fairyland and she has to find her way out uh, by going on this quest to finding a key to unlock this door to leave so is it 27 years that passes her yeah. body doesn't age, but her mind does. So she pretty much becomes just like this bitter woman that hates everything and just wants to go on a murdering spree. And it's as crazy and as fun as we're making it sound. Yes. And it plays on a lot of traditional fairy tale tropes. And to give you a little bit of background around this particular series and Scotty Young's mindset, at least according to the interwebs. Now, I don't know Scotty Young. I've never had tea with him. Uh, like I have with Alan. That was marvelous, by the way. 
so what happened was this was written shortly after uh, Scotty Young worked on the entire series of Wizard of the Oz books. So if you don't know, Scotty Young did the first six books of uh, L. Frank Baum's Wizard of Oz series. So everybody knows the first book, but he doesn't know that there's like a whole bunch of afterwards. And they're really great. Like my kids love those books. Was that Eric uh, uh, Shanover as yes. writer on that one? Okay. Right. He, he had just finished Oz, so he spent a ton of time in Oz, just drawing all of these Oz characters. And at the same time, he welcomed into the world his, a, a child. And so at the time, he was also reading a lot of children's books. And so this is a reaction to a grown man reading a lot of children's books and spending a lot of time drawing children's characters. And I guess... Eventually getting a little fed up with it. So, See, I didn't know any of this, and this all makes sense. Yeah, it was <laughs> basically, it's a reaction to be like, oh my gosh, if I read another kid's book, I'm going to rip my hair out and throw it against the wall. Like, it, that's the way he channeled all of that frustration into creativity and said, what if there was a world where Dorothy didn't age? And how pissed off she would be that she's completely surrounded by all of these crazy characters singing songs and munchkins and tin woodsmen. And she doesn't get to, you know, go through puberty or, I don't know, enjoy even a beer once in a while. It's, it's so that's the mindset for I Hate Fairyland and why this book at times is ultra violent. <laughs> I like it takes cartoon violence to some other level. And we're going to start off with J.A. Scott and his initial thoughts of this particular series, because I think he wants to hit upon that particular aspect of this book, right? I would say it's very much Alice in Wonderland meets Ren and Stimpy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I agree. And, and the concept, uh, at least for the first part, is that she's a guest, so she can't die. So she's guesting on this quest to find the key to leave, but she can't die. So because she can't die... She doesn't have to worry about having any sort of repercussions for any of her actions, which sets up if you don't have repercussions, you can do anything and then it just gets sort of boring almost to the point. Okay, I'm going to kill this troll by blowing back his head out. Nothing's going to happen to me if I do it and he's annoying me. <laughs> which is why when they introduce, I think it's in, is it in book one, they introduce Happy, the other human that comes who's like the completely opposite super bubbly character that everyone would hate <laughs> makes that so good because they're playing off this you know there's this she's just so jaded and so angry and so i want to leave why can't i leave it's taking me or 27 years rather to leave and then this happy character comes in and within like a day has has quested everything <laughs> yeah she, she's done everything yeah. that gertrude's done in like three days <laughs> The epitome of the overachiever you always love to hate. So, oh my God, it's been so long. It's like two days and I had to do all this stuff. She's like, what? You did it in two days? (laughs) (laughs) And not only does she have the audacity to basically succeed at everything in Fairyland, but when Gertrude meets her and wants to do what Gertrude does, which is cut off her head with an axe, she gets shot with a rainbow from Happy. And that's salt in the wound. Yes. in the wound. Right. Well, Alan, what made you pick this particular book for this week's show? Like, what about I Hate Fairyland do you love? You could have picked anything for this yep. week's show. And you were like, let's do this. 
so I think I hate Fairyland holds a special place in my heart because I, I've, I was never that big into comic books. Like I, I, I like comic books, but it seemed like novels really got me and manga. And I remember the first time I saw the cover for I hate Fairyland, I was immediately drawn into it. And I, I felt the same way about that, that I did whenever I first saw the cover for the book mercy. And I just was blown away by the artwork and I had to know more. Uh, especially with the title, I Hate Fairyland. And it was so much fun, and it was so funny, awkwardly destroying that wholesome image of what fairy tales and Candyland is supposed to be. That book really does hold a special place for me, because I think that's the book that really got me into comic books and seeing it as something different than uh, superheroes. Yes. If that makes sense. No, it, it does. Because, again, that's something that we do on the last comic shop all the time is, uh, again, a lot of folks come up to us and say, oh, I'm not going to read comic books because I don't want to read Batman. I don't want to read Superman. I don't want to read Spider-Man. And we're I like, no, like we're trying to educate you on the fact that comic books is a massive universe of like pretty much anything. You want to read a sports book? Go get the illustrated biography of Roberto Clemente in 21. <laughs> And if you want, you know, somebody cutting the heads off of trolls, like you just get I Hate Fairyland. Really dark, satirical take on kids' books. But it's also so pop culture infused. Like He-Man shows up at the end of one issue, like, oh my God, she's going to go up against He-Man. And of course, within a couple of pages, he's decapitated and sitting yeah. with his head on the bar. <laughs> yeah. And she's talking to it, making it talk back. Genius, yeah. right? Yeah. The, the, the bartender's a Care Bear. And. <laughs> Yeah, and then oh, she uses perfect. like this wish drink, and she turns into this big puffy <laughs> diabetic tumor. Yeah. Initially, I'm just flipping through, and I was just like, "Did she get stung by a massive bee?" I'm like, "No, she just looks like she's supposed to after eating 27 years of candy." Oh, okay, that you got me, Scotty Young. You got me. Ah, uh, that's that's clever. Yeah, like without giving too much away, it was really cool to go back and reread this, especially given the mindset that I'm in now and working in this medium that that I'm very fortunate to to be in. You, you notice a lot more different things, and it's cool to go into it with a different perspective now and be like, oh, I love what they did with the paneling here. I never would have thought that, you know, 10 years ago or, or whenever. That's so unique, so creative. I wish I, I could try something like that now. Oh, yeah. yeah. You're looking at things like color palettes and yeah. like how they go from different lands. And No, that, there's so much here, you know, artistically that is just impressive and fun and manic. That's all this book is, is just manic rage vomited out onto the page. Like garbage pail kids came to life, <laughs> robbed your house. <laughs> well, and I guess that's the one question I have for some, because some, some folks might not uh, appreciate that. I mean, they might come to the series and have the uh, reaction of like, wow, there's a lot of violence here. Like mm -hmm. there's a lot of violence. Uh, again, like to J.A.'s point, sometimes if you don't have consequences for actions, it can, can sometimes ratchet down the drama. Right. Uh, so I guess my question to you, Alan, is like, what do you think counterbalances that? Do you think that there's something in this particular book upon rereading that you feel like, you know, for people that may be initially turned off, like why they should stick with the series? Yeah. So visually, aside from the visuals, it's stunning. Uh, and it's it's such a unique story. But to your point about the violence and the action. I, I think it's so cool because it's something I tried to do in my writing too, because there's action that happens in Pocus as well, but we want the action to be able to tell the story. 
uh, we don't want to throw in action for action's sake. And Scotty Young captures that so well in this because as brutal and violent and fun as it is to see like a sun explode or a moon explode, it, it's still telling the story and moving it along. Yeah. And it's, it's not doing it for action's sake. Like there really is a fundamental point to it. Right. Yep. And I, and I will add to that, that I think that what they do accomplish here is they give you good baddies. You're honestly supposed to hate Gertrude mm-hmm. and it's hard not to hate her. Like yeah. she's, just an awful person. Uh, but at the same time, when they give you people that are worse than her, then you're Wild, like, wait a second, right? hold on. Like, honestly, like you got that, what, Queen Claudia? Is that what, mm-hmm. that's her yeah, name? Cla- Claudia, yeah. And she is like... Doing everything in her power to kill this seven-year-old. Right! Yeah. <laughs> yeah! And, and like so nonchalantly too, like, I don't know, so like a, like a villain from Devil Rose Prada or like mm-hmm. a mom from Beverly Hills or something. Somebody that's like so far detached from reality and what would be going on and, and any sort of empathy for Gertrude's plight. She's like, go get this key. Uh, yep. Where is it at? I don't know. Follow the map. Yeah. Wait a second, you're, spelling, you're, you're six years old and you're in a completely different scary land. You, you didn't want to be here. I don't I, when you make people out worse than Gertrude, you start pulling for Gertrude a little bit, oh, right? Definitely. I mean, Jay, yeah. what do you think? Yeah, she she definitely grows on you. Gertrude does, especially I think when she becomes queen, <laughs> and then you're like, <laughs> oh, yeah. spoilers. But um, yeah. I love that little turn at the end. Uh, she thinks she's about to finally go out and go, oh, now we'll get something else. No, you're stuck here. <laughs> uh, and it just doubles down, doubles down on everything you've just gone through for the first five issues. And it's true to her character. There's something to be screwed right. up. She's going to screw it up. And, and she definitely will. Like, I mean, and that's the thing. Like, um, you're, you're talking about a character that didn't get to be raised by anybody other than the first six years. So like they didn't, she didn't learn what was her, who are, who are the people teaching her? Like, yeah. I don't know, like this, this fly, Jiminy this Cricket, Jiminy Cricket ripoff, right? Yeah. It's like yeah. fly. And even he is like awful by the, mm-hmm. just hanging out with her. It's everything that gets pulled into her orbit just starts, but it's, it's, I think it's extremely creative. I'm a dad. I had to read a lot of these books. I hated most of them. There were a couple <laughs> I liked, but most of them were just retreads of a retread. You love things like where the wild things are, but then you've got like six books that try to do the same thing and your kids want to read those books too. And you're like, son of a, I can't take this anymore. And so like, I, I, I feel for Scotty Young. I feel for him wanting to try to work some of this out and giving us somewhat of a fun, fun series. It's probably good to blow off some gas this way. Right. Yeah. Yeah, when is she going to go kill the Teletubbies? <laughs> uh, the answer to that, not soon enough, right? Especially after working on those Wizard of Oz books for how long? And that, I think, is one of the last things I want to say before we go to commercial break is, honestly, another reason why I really did love this is because I did read the Wizard of Oz books that Scotty Young did. And so, like, it's kind of like in a traditional fairy tale where you see the evil reflection of another side of that mirror. And so I would highly recommend... Go read at least one Scotty Young book that he did for The Wizard of Oz first. Read that. Get your, like, hey, that's the fun part of this. And then read I Hate Fairyland. And, oh, boy, it's like he turns the entire world on its head. And it's it's fascinating to watch. So, 
any case, we'll be right back after these commercial breaks with our ratings of I Hate Fairyland, as well as some recommendations and more talk with Alan. So stay tuned for that. Did the Iron Fist Netflix series leave a bad taste in your mouth? Are you caught up in the hype of Shang-Chi and the Legends of the Ten Rings? Have you ever wondered what these characters' true origins and adventures are like, but you don't have the time to read through hundreds and hundreds of issues? Then subscribe to the deadly podcast of Kung Fu where I, JVD, traverse the continuity of Marvel's most prolific martial artists in Iron Fist and Shang-Chi. Each week I break down a story arc and discuss the good and the bad within the pages to save you hours of reading through comics so you can focus on the best of which each character has to offer. New episodes drop every Wednesday for you to listen to on your way to your local comic book shop to pick up your pull list. Dragon Ball Z, One Piece, Naruto, all things that we love, all manga that were originally published in the legendary magazine Weekly Shonen Jump. But not every series can run for 300 chapters and have a hit anime. This is David. This is Jordan. We're the hosts of Shonen Flop. Each episode, we look at manga that ran and jumped that didn't quite make it. We discuss what it did wrong, what it did right, how the series could have turned itself around, and ultimately, was it a flop or not? Run all your favorite podcast apps, and you can find us at shonenflop.com. Keep on flopping, floppers. All right, we're back with more of The Last Comic Shop, and it is now time for our rating. Every single week, I'm going to say rating even more fiercely, because <laughs> sooner or later, it'll just kind of get muddled. Kind of like I Hate Fairyland. It starts grinding on you after a while, like being around all those sugary <laughs> sweet characters, and you want to be like Gertrude going cannonballs in the face so we got a wonderful for a scale from uh, jay scott and ja what are we going to be rating i hate fairyland okay we're gonna go one out of four muffin fluffers because that's something that we didn't mention uh in our initial thoughts and i want to go into in my rating is uh, the use of all these crazy swear, but not really swear words, because you're in a fairyland where you can't have bad words. So <laughs> one of the worst ones is muffin fluffer. You <laughs> can all imagine what that is meant to be. So, all right, J.A., how many MFers are you giving this book? <laughs> so I have to say, when we read it initially, I was not of the opinion that it was... Uh, so great. And I was thinking, oh, this is about a two. And it grew on me a little bit. But then the discussion and hearing the backstory and, and getting into everything that we got into today, I have to say, I, I give it a solid three <laughs> muffin fluffers. I love the art. I don't think we've talked enough about how explosive and colorful it is, but also the panel. They, they do really well. Some three straight, three vertical panels. You know, there's a lot of full page spreads that really take advantage of to tell the story. Uh, so I'm giving it a solid three. It's a fun read. And I think uh, they do well to keep you interested and kick it on after that initial story. You know, the key quest essentially comes to an end. All right. Well, I'll go next. And I think I'm going to uh, echo that sentiment. I think it's a solid three. Scotty Young is just tremendous when it comes to that manic cartoon energy when he brings those. And so like to just let him run wild with a lot of these classic tropes is great. You know, and to, to Jay's point, there's some interesting storytelling here. My favorite part of this is this one time where Gertrude falls off a log and basically gets a concussion and she's in a, a ditch for like, 
I don't know. That's a whole Once season. Yeah. 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 And, and so long enough that her friend, the little Jiminy Cricket stand in, like builds a house. And then the sto- the sub story that happens at that house where he gets a wife and he has kids yeah. and then the <laughs> wife leaves him and then he gets drunk on some booze and burns the house down. It was hilarious. Just those little notes uh, that you can find there. So again, don't go into this if you're thinking it's going to be some sort of... They're going to pull any punches with uh, their parody of a fairy tale land. No, no, no. They don't pull anything. It is graphic. It is violent. There are a lot of depictions of teeth coming out and brains being blown on the back of things and all done in that cartoony stuff. So some people might be turned on. Stick with it. There's a lot you can get out of this series uh, if you're just looking close enough. And it, it definitely lends itself to rereadings. I read this twice before the beginning of the show this week because I, I was like, ooh, did I miss something? And I went back. So three out of four MFers for this guy. Uh, Chad, what is your rating? So I didn't like it for a lot of the reasons we've talked about. I love Scotty Young's art. I love Scotty Young's energy. At the same time, I was not in the place right now where this story was. The story itself wasn't appealing to me and like the hyper violence and stuff. Like after about an issue of it, I was like, okay, that's what this is. And it just kept going and going. And like, I was reminded of when I saw the Dr. Strange movie, I talked to my 16 year old niece and she was really excited about it. She's like, I was like, oh, what'd you like about it? She's like, it was very creative. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. okay. As an old guy who's seen a lot of uh, a lot of things, I'm like, all right, I guess. I don't know. That's how I feel about this. Like, I've seen, well, I've never seen it to this level. But he's playing with a lot of tropes. And it is very creative. I'll give Scotty Young that. I can definitely see this is a blowing off steam kind of thing. And if I were in a different place, I could see there being, you know, like certain times where I could get a kick out of it. But yeah, this was something, while it's well done and I wouldn't recommend, you know, people avoid it. It just wasn't for me. And so I'll give it 2.5 muffin fluffers. The art is great, but the story wasn't, wasn't my jam. All right, Alan, it was your pick. So what are you giving it? I'm giving Chad a one star MFR. Oh. <laughs> you muffin fluffer, yeah, Chad. Chad, I, I understand why you don't like it. You're wrong, but I, I get it. <laughs> uh, no, man. Um, for me, just a huge fan of Scott Young. Love it. I would give it a three and a half uh, for one scale, but for the other scale, for the nostalgia and I guess how important it was for me as a creator now. Uh, for really to kind of ignite that spark and just to plant that seed, I, I would definitely have to give it a four. Uh, see, that's the thing about the last comic shop. I talk about it all the time. When you sometimes talk to people about the thing that got them into comic mm-hmm. books, they get that twinkle in their eye. Yep. You know, it, it's just wonderful to see. And to have you recommend a book for our show, which is your twinkle, there you go. That's Fairyland in itself, folks. That's Fairyland. So, any case, uh, some other books that we hope maybe put a twinkle in your eye are our recommendations. That's every single week on The Last Comic Shop. We give you other books in addition to I Hate Fairyland, as well as the wonderful stuff that Alan puts out uh, with his comic book compatriots uh, that you can pick up at local comic book shops or online if you can find it. So, any case, uh, we're going to go ahead and start off with Chad. Chad, what is your recommendation for this week? 
as uh, the one MFR I am. No, I'm kidding. Uh, no, I I too love Scotty Young stuff, and so I don't want I don't want to yuck your yum, man. Uh, but I would I would recommend uh, Strange Academy, uh, and I know we've covered the first graphic novel of Strange Academy uh, here on the show. But it recently wrapped up with issue 18. They're rebooting, restarting with the number one because hashtag comics. But uh, it has just been a really great coming of age, you know, school story where you've got all these characters learning and growing and some of them making their turns and fighting with the adults in their lives. If you picked up the first trade and were on the fence, I'd say stick with it. Go back for that second dip and that, you know, the third one as well. It's really tons of fun. The character growth is there. The stakes are there. I don't know. It's one of those comics. It's like the best of comics and that it balances so many different things at the same time. And then it, it does have Umberto Ramos on art and it just, his style fits that book so well. And with that new number one coming out soon, this is a great time as Alan would attest. Sometimes it's nice to have those trades out there and have a, a new jumping on point. So if you haven't checked out strange Academy, I recommend you do so. Now's a great time to do it. All right. Jay, what is your recommendation this week? Okay, so in the vein of not all comics have to be about superheroes and capes and cowls, and and, uh, the comic medium uh, can be used to tell lots of different things, I am recommending The Expanse Origins four-issue run that uh, takes basically the characters that were created by James S.A. Corey... Uh, for originally the novel Leviathan Wakes, and then that became the Expanse series, which then was picked up uh, by Sci-Fi originally, I think, and and was a uh, six-season TV series that you can find on Amazon now. This tells the origin stories for the main heroes of the Expanse universe, sort of using the television version of the characters so they're drawn in a way that looks like the the show if you watch the show but you get the backstory for how like each character how holden or how uh naomi how they came to be at the beginning of first book or the, or the first season of the expanse so we've got writing by hallie lambert and georgia lee uh the entire series is illustrated by huang dalam and uh, this is comes out by Boom Studios has put it out. So you get five issues. Issue one is James Holden. Chapter two, Naomi Nagata. Three, Alex Kamal. Four, Amos Burton. And five, Josephus Miller, uh, the detective who goes around and tells everyone to watch their doors and corners. Uh, so just great noir meets origin stories for all these characters. So if you're into the Expanse universe, if you've read the books or if you've watched the TV show, I highly recommend this. There you go. My recommendation this week is uh, for all those folks that have heard of the X-Men, because if you haven't, you're living under a rock, you should find another place to live. Cold and damp. That's right. And as you might know on the last comic shop, I'm not the biggest X-Men fan, but you know who I am a fan of? Nightcrawler. He's one of my favorite X-Men of all time. Him and Havoc, pretty much some of my favorites. Uh, And uh, I had an opportunity to go back and revisit a great series that was written by uh, Jason Aaron, uh, which we've talked about many times on this show, with Ed McGinnis art. It's called Amazing X-Men, and this one's particularly Volume 1. This is a follow-up from Wolverine and the X-Men, in which Nightcrawler dies. Uh, So this is called The Quest of Nightcrawler, and it's basically where they bring Nightcrawler back to life. 
but it's great because you get one of the best teams I have seen in any X-Men book. I mean, I'm talking about some of my favorites. Again, they're only missing Havoc, but they get Wolverine, they get uh, Beast, they got Storm, they got Iceman, they got Firestar, and eventually they get Nightcrawler. And sooner or later, there's an issue after this particular trade where Spider-Man joins up with Firestar and Iceman for an issue, which is great because you get the amazing friends. Any case, but this is a great team. And for them to go on this great adventure filled with bamps, these like little demon imps that run around and, and they ride pirate ships. So you get a lot of swashbuckling from Nightcrawler. It's great. And it, and it kind of ends with like... Nightcrawler's demon dad, as Asriel, I think that's how you pronounce it. Is it the same as the cat from the Smurfs? I guess I, I don't know. But anyways, he gets brought, he gets brought back to the real world, and like the shield is taking him, and Mystique tries to break him out. I don't, it, it's interesting to say the least, and you don't need to know a lot about the X Men other than the fact that they exist. So it's a great jumping on point for a great X Men team with Firestar and Iceman. And Nightcrawler! Yay! Check it out. Amazing X-Men Volume 1. So, Alan, uh, what do you have for recommendations? I'm hoping it's manga, because yeah. like we don't talk about it enough on our show, and we're hoping you've got some good manga recommendations for all oh, of us. Man, one day we'll just have to do like a full unedited show, because if you give me the attention to talk about manga and how it's influenced me and the stories I like. None of us are ever leaving and you're never going to get to enjoy your trip, J.A. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, real quick, um, the, the two that immediately come to mind uh, that I uh, recommend people checking out, Death Note. Uh, I feel like Death Note was a huge influence because uh, that's the manga that really got me into manga. And it's going back and looking at it again, objectively, uh, I see a lot of that with uh, Pocus and the Demon. Um, yes. with with some of the stuff that happens in Death Note. It's kind of cool to see that in your subconscious because I didn't even think about Death Note when we were writing this thing and creating it. Uh, but then when you go back, you're like, huh, I, I, I can see that now. But just another one that has just been such a solid story all the way through ever since its inception, uh, the series Berserk. Yes. Um, yeah. So the artist, creator, writer of that recently, uh, he passed away. And it was kind of uncertain the fate of Berserk, but he was actually kind of training another team to, to take over uh, if something were to ever happen because he was in poor health for a little while. Uh, and they just released, uh, I, I believe it's three chapters. Uh, so it's kind of cool to see that story continue. Nice. Yep. Well, you're definitely have to come back for the show because Berserk's one that I've wanted to cover on the show for a long yeah. time. I know J.A. has been interested in reading Berserk. That, hu- that, that huge sword, that's where we get huge The Dragon swords. Slayer, boy. You know, I was in the mall here in Singapore last night. Okay, there was a bunch of like comic book, uh, you know, toy shops. And there was a shop where you could get um, models of action figures and stuff. And then there was a shop that had straight up swords. Yep. Like an armory. You could walk in and there was helmets from Game of Thrones and they had the big berserker sword. Man, how American of Singapore. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, I, I love berserk so hard. I actually have a uh, berserk rib piece that I got tattooed on me. Um, nice. Yeah, I'm, I'm a huge berserk fan. Well, that's it. 2023, buddy, you're coming back yeah. on this show and we are going to read Berserk oh, for another feed pile. Yep. But until then, make sure that you rate, review, and subscribe over at www.lastcomicshoppodcast.com. It's a terrific place where you can find all these episodes, including the ones that Alan is on, which is just this one for right now. Yay! Hoping for more! Oh, don't worry. Oh, you, you, guys on, 
yeah, you guys have opened the door like Fairyland, and uh, you guys, I'm going to be stuck with you guys now, which is unfortunate for y'all, but whatever. <laughs> we're like the little rascals. We 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 find folks and just bring them together. We're just a hodgepodge of misfits most of the time here at the shop. But uh, we hope that you join our hodgepodge every single week. Well, I was going to mention too. You want more, Alan? Go to YouTube and find some of those Pocus Hocus quick hits we've done to support those awesome Kickstarters. But uh, you want to find us on the socials, on Twitter and Instagram. We are at Last Comic Shop. We have weekly polls. We have uh, stuff we're picking up at shops. We have Golden Age covers to tuck you into bed at night. All sorts of stuff. And if you need to go back to the home base uh, to find those socials, you can always go to www.lastcomicshoppodcast.com where they can find what, J.A.? Well, they got links to our merch store where we might not have giant swords just yet. But we do have tote bags and <laughs> mugs and t-shirts so check it out we always have specials and we're gonna be re- reissuing our last comic shop halloween shirt just around the corner for the halloween season so make sure that you pick that up with the bats and the belfries and all that jazz uh, but yeah i know that alan has one of our last comic shop shirts he shared a great picture of that so thank you so much for supporting so you want to yeah. be cool like alan right yeah well no don't no, no, don't put that standard out there <laughs> um, yeah so no uh for anyone that's on the fence about buying a t-shirt if you want to feel like solid steel and sex appeal you just go ahead and get the last comic shop t-shirt and then you're, <laughs> set, you're ready to go <laughs> now alan where can people find you on uh, social medias where can they find your projects and all that other fun stuff yeah so you can follow me on twitter at chaps of fury but honestly the the best place to do that and it's going to sound weird it's it's kickstarter itself uh because that's where we plan on hosting our projects so you can just follow along with alan and will on kickstarter and you'll be notified that way and obviously pocus hocus comic at gmail.com is our direct way to get to us but yeah just just follow us along we have a lot of fun and exciting stuff that's coming your way and i'm just i don't know i'm excited i'm really yeah very we're gonna stay with you every step of the way alan like make sure that you're checking us out because again as these new kickstarters come out Mm -hmm. as uh they've got news on you know grandma chainsaw and all these wonderful series that are coming out we're gonna show them on our site so we're going to be definitely supporting you uh and and your creative endeavors here alan i appreciate it thank you guys so much and while we are the last comic shop podcast we don't want to be the last comic shop so we always encourage people to head out to a shop near you use that comic shop locator www.comicshoplocator.com where you can find things like i hate fairyland or strange academy or the expanse origins from boom studios or the amazing x-men volume one Maybe you want to drift off into that manga section and find some Death Note or some Berserk. I need to read Berserk. And coming soon from Source Point Press, you can find Pocus Hocus and other great stuff from Alan Dunford. Check it out. Yes. And until next week, when we've got another wonderful guest on The Last Comic Shop, I was the host of the most, Andy Larson. I was joined by Chad Smith, Jay Scott, and of course, Alan Dunford. Wait a Thank second. You, so you guys are seeing other guests? <laughs> Well, I mean, I thought you, all the other podcasters told me you guys were different. I know. Well, we, we try. That's what we say at our match site. But like, I hang this call up. I'm done. <laughs> it's not you, it's me. <laughs>
the last comic shop was. A 2022 Black Angus production.